Hey, good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. Uh, tonight, as usual, we always have the Poetry Corner every Tuesday. And uh, this is would have been the 13th show, but um, we got something different tonight for the 13th show. And tonight's show is going to be Conversation with Kings. Uh, myself is uh, myself and these brothers is going to have a conversation about issues that, you know, as men, uh, most people don't see men conversate with these type of conversations openly, but this is something that most of us do norm normally. So, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to try our best. And if anybody got any questions that's in the chat, uh, we'll try to get to those questions and answer them as best as possible. What's up, brothers? Hey, what's, hey, what's going on, man? All right, all right. We we got a uh, Sakim is going to come in. He's, it's just something wrong with the uh, his connection right now. It's going to come in eventually. But um, we got the brother Mystic Mind is 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 new to the platform. Uh, how you feel, bro? Glad to be here, brother. I appreciate uh, being if, on. If you don't mind, just uh, introduce us. You know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Uh, well, I'm the oldest brother of King Atterbury. Uh, we grew up here in Harlem, New York, uh, primarily Harlem and South Bronx, but, you know, mostly Harlem. Um, been here all my life, traveled the world and back, military college, you name it, but I'm back here. Uh, this has been home to me for 53 years now. Um, Harlem is shaped and molded the way I think, the way I feel, my emotional state, my, my, my spiritual development, uh, you know, my intellectual growth uh, and all the other studies, uh, you know, the brothers on 125th Street, as we call the Nile, have fed and nurtured me. Um, and so, you know, I, I come with that experience and my love and my passion for my community, for my people, for myself. Um, and, you know, tonight, whatever we discuss, uh, you know, I plan to share from uh, a very personal and deep place, which is my heart, first and foremost. Um, and, you know, I look forward to learning from you brothers and walking away, contributing one perspective, let's just say, and walking away with several others, meaning what I learned from you brothers. All right, all right. So we go, we go, we on uh, the question I presented was, it's a three-part question that, that it, I believe it has a lot of depth to it. It's, the responsibility of a man to himself, to his family, and his community. And we're going to start the night off with poetic. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> responsibility of a man to his community. Um, depending on what community you're from, your responsibility should always be the same. Um, always try to nurture, try to teach protect protect um you know most people say well how can you protect something that doesn't want to be protected no the community always wants to be protected because you are part of the community it's just how you go about doing it um you know i grew up in the projects of baltimore city in maryland um and and back in the day those drug dealers just you know we were talking earlier those drug dealers made sure that the young kids also you know, go to school. We, we can't have you hustling. We can't have you that. That was when I was, you know, I, I was in those projects until I was about 14 when my mom passed away. 
But once I turned 16, 17, and I moved to another part of the city called Park Heights, which is you know, a pretty dangerous part of, of Baltimore City, me and my brother, we were a year apart. And those, those drug dealers wanted to put us to work at 16, 17 years old. They wanted to put us to work. You know, my younger brother, all he saw was dollar signs, you know, drugs, money, dollar signs, you know, flashy clothes, cars, all that stuff come with that. I saw a whole different perspective. I saw death. And I told him, I said, I said, bro, I said, our mother would not want this for us because she instilled something in us before she passed away. And that was community and unity. And that's what's missing in, in, in our societies today unity in a community and it's very very necessary um responsibility as a to his family i've been divorced twice married and divorced twice i gave all for my family now i have my kids and i give all for my kids because i want them to see that no matter what daddy is strong daddy's always going to do what he needs to do to provide for you to take care of you Above all else, everything I do is for my kids, everything. And then probably about two years ago, my perspective changed because when I used to teach in church, I used to teach everybody else's kids. And I still to this day teach everybody else's kids. So God laid on me to start a foundation to help get these kids off the streets and, and stop dying. Literally before the show, before the show started, I watched news, something that I very rarely do. And I watched the body camera footage of a police officer shoot a 13 year old autism kid. Wow. Wow. 13 with autism. His mother called the police for them to help her with his autism episode not for him to die. My responsibility to my family is to keep them safe by any means necessary. And uh, as far as it's to myself, as a black man in America, it's a wonder every black man in America is not crazy right now. Because because we have to deal with so much on a daily basis between racism, between hate from our own people and women who look down upon us for being upright men in the communities and to our families. Not to mention how white society looks at us. I was having this conversation with, 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 a, uh, with a client of mine and we're stereotyped no matter what we do, no matter how much money we make. At the end of the day, they just see our skin color. So as a black man, it is very, very difficult to stay sane. But you have to educate yourself. If you, your health is most important, make sure that you're doing what's necessary to stay healthy. If you have health conditions, make sure you see a doctor. And by all means, <laughs> If you need to see a therapist, see a therapist, not because you're crazy, but just because you need someone to talk to from a professional mindset. Who is a third party who's on the outside looking in, who's just going to give you 
some good advice and somebody that you could talk to who's going to not going to be objective, not going to ridicule you, not going to criticize you, but help you just talk. That's what I have to say on it. Yeah. Hey, uh, peace, brother. What's how you pronounce your name? Sakin. Sakin. Could you hear us? Sorry, we can't hear you, Sakin. Peace, good brother. Um, you, pronou you pronounce the name Saikim Kuntam. Peace, 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 everybody. Peace, brother. Peace. All right. All right. Uh, introduce yourself to the platform and, and tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind, brother. Peace. It, it seems to be like a. It seems to be a bit of a delay. So, pardon me for that. Could you hear me? Yeah, he got a delay going on. Um, you're coming through broken up. It's it's like a it's like a little delay on your end. I don't know if you hear me exactly at the time that I'm speaking, but from your end, it's a seconds of a delay. Okay. Well, cause text him the question. Okay. Hey, Mystic Mystic Mind, if you're on mind, brother, could you go? Could you could you speak on the uh the responsibility? Sure, to self and community. Yeah. Self, family, and community. Just you know. Community. Well, you know, I, I, I echo a lot of what poetic uh has said, and that's because I believe that conscious brothers have the same experience. Those who are aware, we we know that we uh, as black men have a lot of forces uh, against mm -hmm. us. So for the self, I have to preserve my mental, my emotional, spiritual, financial self, yes. cultural self, um, and and it's a struggle. There are forces within our community and without. You know, as a black man, it's, you know, in a dating game, I, I have one of those D's under my belt too, Brother Poetic, that's divorce. And, you know, on the dating scene, you know, you would think uh, coming up as an intelligent, positive black man, good heart, good spirit, good vibes, good intention, that, you know, you, you would draw a decent mate. Um, mm -hmm. But what happens is what's in vogue now is... Uh, something totally different and you know when yes, you raised and shaped and molded a certain way you know i'm from the gentleman era man i still like to dress up i'm i still engage in chivalry i'll still give women flowers you know we, we go out we like to dress up and be the flyest thing in the house you know this is what the harlem hustlers taught me this is what the working class taught me this is what real serious black men taught me so i'm you know i grew up as a young guy and the teens used to introduce girlfriends as my old lady you know uh learning from from the gentleman so you know, what, I'm a case manager also. I didn't mention that earlier. I, I'm a case manager, and I have clients that I deal with in, in, in every aspect of their life. And most of my client base is HIV-AIDS clients. And, you know, I help them in every aspect of their life. And one of the things, therapy is very important for us Black men because, I mean, in our community, there's a stigma, but definitely among us, we don't understand. Listen, women have circles where they can get together and engage and talk all the time. Mm -hmm. Brothers don't. It's like, so let's say if us five were hanging out and we grew up together, and you say, "What happened to Poetic Man? He just snapped and went and over there and, and and just shot up the place." But that's an indictment on us, the crew, because for us to be close to one another and hang out and not know 
when a brother's going through something, even if he doesn't say it, we're supposed to feel the energy. Something is different when that brother walks over. We should know that. And when something is wrong, we should step forward and engage. So we need to support each other. And when there's no support, go get that professional help just so you mm-hmm. can find mechanisms. I, you know, I, I do meditation and things like that, vegetarian diet, do herbs. But even therapy and someone to talk to helps as well. You know, um, in terms of my community, when I think of community, I think of the total existence of my people going back to the very beginning. And, and I have an obligation to that because it has shaped and molded me how I think, like I said earlier, how I think, how I view the world, how I feel. This community in particular, Harlem, which is really an expression of the black community globally, has shaped and molded me. So I have a responsibility to walk right in this community, to talk right, to do right, to love those who I come in contact with and those who I can't, I'll avoid conflict as much as possible because again, we have forces from without and we don't need too many forces from within. We only mm-hmm. 13% of the population in this country and we are still using Harlem as an example. We're going through gentrification and you see brothers and sisters walking up and down the streets just carrying on as if nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. And slowly but surely, you have giants like Columbia University and other developers just moving in, uh, buying up property, pushing people out slowly but surely. But our people are walking around as if nothing happened. So I have an obligation to, when I walk out of my doors, to meet, to greet, show love, carry a certain energy, give off certain vibrations, just the love forward. And again, whoever doesn't receive it, that's not my concern. I have an obligation to give. These little children need to see an alternative to what they're seeing right now so that they can make a decision. Because right now they're being fed from one source or one image. And so it's important to me uh, as far as community. Family, listen, I was raised by I was raised by a black woman from Orangeburg, South Carolina, who personified love in the flesh. You know, um, people talk about folks' religion. But this woman lived out that love that she believed that Christ had, right? So she was my example of love. She was my example of strength. So mm-hmm. it's my duty now that she's gone to continue to love family. And all family not going to get you know, along. I'm not going to paint this positive picture. But at the end of the day, I still can love forward. I can still push forward and keep loving until I go. And, and I'll close with this. I, I attend a lot of funerals. You know, I, I, like I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm within the Prince Hall Masonic fraternity, and we, we bury a lot. And I've been to one too many funerals. But I've gotten to the point now where every funeral I go to, I listen very carefully, whether it's a person I knew or someone I'm going to support, their family member. And I listen very carefully to the life of the person we're going to celebrate. And I walk away thinking, what are they going to say about me? And I get my marching orders to live forward, to love forward, to make sure that from this day until the coffin drops, I'm just going to keep loving and leave that example because you never know who's watching. You You know, we as men sometimes are too cool to compliment each other, and that's fine. Somebody's watching, and they're taking Mm -hmm. it in. And my obligation is to keep loving forward, brothers. Thank you. All right, all right. King, you can go now, man. All right. <laughs> funny though. Yeah, um, how I see myself, I see myself as a young black man just walking here in America with a lot of things going on. 
you know, I work in healthcare. I've been doing healthcare for almost 21 years, taking care of the elderly, you know, um, seeing how we sustain their life. You know, I've seen a lot of families enter the building, leave the building with a mask of illusion. You know, um, we see them as family because we're the caregivers. You know, I'm also a medical, um, medicine technician. So when you see the change, sometimes I think about myself, like, you know, um, how you walking in this life, you know, I remain balanced. And as my brother said, I'm also a meditator. So I carry a different energy when I walk in the building, you know, when I walk in the building, I could feel the energy shift. Like some people, they looking like they got so many problems on their mind and they just looking, the energy is distorted, but I still walk in smiling, say hello to everybody. And, uh, you know, I just, I practice stillness. So I just sit still and just watch the show. <laughs> That's what I always say. I watch the show, but I'm also cool with all nationalities. Mm -hmm. I mean, that work in the workplace, you know, I don't have no problem with nobody, but I stay in my own section, you know what I mean? Of myself. So, I mean, me, I look at the children growing up down here. I live in South Jersey, um, Cape May, um, down here at the shore. So I see a lot of the kids, they growing up fast. Um, a lot of fathers aren't around. They're not schooling them with certain things. A lot of fathers are. Is it the right way or the wrong way? No, mm -hmm. I'm not their father, but at the same time, I lead by example. You know, as my son, he carries himself as a mini me. I mean, without trying to be me. You know, that's just a laid back demeanor, well-reserved. And his friends, he schooled them the same way I school him. I mean, me and him, we have little sessions, ciphers. We communicate on different things, how we see the world. And it's like me talking to myself because it's funny too, you know. So it's like I always check him though. Yo, you all right? You know what I'm saying? How it is, how is it out there? How's it at work? You know, and I try to school him on a certain way to be when you're working around different nationalities that show hate or just trying to be funny. You know what I mean? He grew up down here. I'm from the city. I'm from Harlem. So, you know, I try to let him know that, look, just carry yourself in a certain way and you'll be how you need to be in this world and last long. You know, my daughter, she lives out in St. Petersburg, Florida. She's out there protesting, you know, <laughs> doing all the things she's doing out there. Also, she's taking care of my granddaughter who's six years old. So me and I have conversation all the time, just like me and my son. You know, it's a different level because she's out there protesting. So I try to teach installing her the certain ways how to protect yourself while you're in those environments. You know, it can be crazy out there. So my memories of seeing things up in Harlem, I try to bring forth to her so she have knowledge herself within that those rights. You know, but um I'm all about family and a lot of my um my kids' friends, they all show respect, never disrespectful. And some of them, some wild ass kids, they be out there doing a lot of shit, but they show respect to me. I give respect to them. And, you know, that's just how it is. So when you're walking in this community of this um, interracial community down here, you know, you got to watch yourself, too, because um, the police, they rotten. And I mean, they, you know, <laughs> you can get stopped just going to the store, leaving work. You know what I'm saying? Like. And you know, the funny thing is, I tell people, yo, I, I take scenic routes to go home. I only live five blocks from the job, but I do that sometimes because them cops be out there laying for you at nighttime, you know? So that's just a habit I have. So I go off energy and vibes. If I feel some kind of like, some kind of way, I'll take a detour, you know what I'm saying? Take the scenic route. 
you know what I'm saying, it didn't get home safe. You know what I mean? So, you know, but at the same time, um, a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about me. But as my brother said, what is people going to say about you when you close mm -hmm. your eyes, mm -hmm. physical eyes? You know what I mean? So I don't try to impress anybody. I just be myself. And, you know, I just uh, walk in my own light. And I'm also uh, divorced, you know, twice. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, you know, I walk in my own light. But, you know, a lot of women, they see you. And they're like, oh, no, like, why is you single? Like, right one come around, you'll be down. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, ain't nobody in a rush, but at the same time, you carry yourself and you move accordingly. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's just how it is. But, um, yeah, that's what we're here for, man. We all kings and we build other people up. Each one teach one. You know what I'm saying? That's what we be about. Yes, sir. Live life. Hey, uh, brother C. C. Grooms, the question, the question that we had asked, um, was what is what is a man's responsibility to self, family, and their community? Uh, I don't know if I'm still on delay delay for the other brother. Nah. C. Grooms, nah. Whatever one, one of y'all want to uh, elaborate on. Uh, I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah, bro. We lost him. Who was the question posed to? You can answer the question. Um, what's what's a man's responsibility to himself, his family, and community? Was the question directed towards me? Yeah, all of us. All of us gonna answer it. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Nah, just just pardon me, brother, because there's a delay coming in on your end. Um, the biggest thing for me is integrity. Um, I stand firm on integrity. If you do not have integrity, everything that you profess or come out of your mouth is unjust. It doesn't add up. Um, I'm, I'm very big on principles and not principles that are you know orchestrated by what you want or what you want to be perceived as principles that are rooted in your nature your upbringing things that define who you are not who you want to be accepted as so i look at that as something that is very dear in our society or should be very dear in our community and society um, because a, a lot of individuals that um, I come in contact with particularly lack integrity. And I believe that men of today, a large degree of men of today, are not held accountable on their actions. So when you do not hold men accountable for their actions, their actions become a norm. And that norm become the template for this society. So too many times I feel that I personally have to address things that should be second nature. And then when you have these exchanges with particular men, they feel a certain way as if they are, you know, privileged uh, to some degree that they are entitled to act a certain way or that because it's a norm that no one should challenge it. And when you challenge things that are destructive, 
that that becomes an issue in our community because being destructive is painted in a light where it's entertaining, it's enjoyable, it's profitable. And this is what our younger generation follows. Because our younger generation are not taught core values of how to sustain themselves in society. They look with their view and say, okay, this person obtained this, they're getting money, they're getting attention, this is, this is what I want. And they're missing a lot of core values. And the men that are before them are not really reaching back. And if they are, and if they are reaching back, they're reaching back for self-gratification. And that is a big problem because I feel that vanity comes along with that. And I think men of substance should not be focused on vanity when it pertains to reaching back to our community. You have to be able to be a man and stand on your square, regardless of whom or what. It doesn't matter what you have on. It doesn't matter how many cameras are in front of you. It doesn't matter who's quoting you. The objective is to be quotable, to make sure that you're saying something that's worth taking heed to. So um, I, I hate this because I only have four minutes because I have other business to take care of. But when it comes to community, we, we have to be a collective force. And collective force does not mean just standing amongst each other because you can have 10 people standing amongst each other and their minds are in 10 different directions. Now, 10 different directions can be a good thing if it's 10 positive things, positive things. But if you have 10 people standing together and they're thinking about 10 different things in 10 different directions that are not counterproductive for the nucleus of the community, we're still, still, we're still, we're still self-destructive because we're not moving as one. We're still allowing outside entities to enter into our community and rip away from us. We have to have each other's back. It's easy to say, I got your back. It's easy to say that your son is my son. But if you're riding mm -hmm. on the train and you're watching kids act up, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to your community. It's easy to say that I got my sister's back. But if you're calling him a bitch under your breath, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to that system. So it's easy for us as men to project this type of energy or this imagery because that's, that's the climate of today. It's the climate to be vocal. It's the climate to be seen. From the era of show and proof. When you're seen, make sure that your words match your actions. That's what I'm about. And I, I just have to say pardon for the light, you know, I'm not in Brooklyn anymore. I'm in Memphis. I'm on the other side of the sun. A lot of things is going on. But um, okay. thank you for having me, brothers, man. I appreciate, appreciate the dialogue that all of the brother. brothers have given thus far. Salute, brother. Appreciate you. Salute. Hey, um, one of the one of the things that that you know was big for me, like uh, you know, I don't really like to talk about myself too much. Uh but uh going in and out of them spots and coming home and having to start all over again. A lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of guys I know they glorify their uh prison experience. And and and, and I and I can speak from a person that uh went there multiple times and and did multiple bids and did did the bid multiple different ways. And I've never been able to glorify the experience. Um, so 
I seen myself uh, a few years ago falling into the trap again mentally. So I so I made a decision to to, to physically remove myself from my surroundings, which which put me in the um, a sort of say a, a strange. Uh, situation, but it's been beneficial. And that was one of the decisions that I personally made to change my environment, to actually change my community. Um, one of the things that I, uh, the reason why I asked this question is because I had a cousin and, and and she watched the show and she was, she's real supportive of the channel. She says to me one day, we was having a family get together and we took a picture and she said, damn, I wish more of our male cousins would be around. And it really stuck me that she said that, you know what I mean? So I'm learning, one of the things that I'm learning in this process is just being available for people. You don't have to be available financially. You don't have to be available no other way. Just being there, being around, being able somebody to be able to like, like, like the brother Mystic and Poetic said. Even when the uh, being able to pick up that phone and somebody could call you and hear your voice, and you being available for them and them being available for you, you know, and that to me is the most important aspect of my life today. Uh, being able to just to show up for people and. Sometimes, you know, me and King talk throughout the week. Sometimes you feel like you put a whole bunch of effort into certain situations and they don't go the way you want. So I call him like, cuz, what you think? Like, yo, why? And he'll just be like, he'll start telling me his situation and then the energy just go back to being positive again. Like, you know, I ain't even just go through all that. So, you know, one of the, um, the, the other questions that I wanted to ask you, brothers, and this is important because I don't, you know, poetic. I have two female co-hosts that co that co-host the shows with me. Um, they don't really do the, the poetry corner, but basically they're on the show. They're very supportive. I went to these two young ladies right before we started the Facebook group and um, told them my plan, and they they was like, "We down with you. We got you." Um, but they have been telling me the sentiment or, or the narrative that I didn't agree with. And one of them is, and, and I'm going to ask you brothers this, black women not feeling protected. Now, I have a hard time believing that or, or really understanding why black women don't feel protected by us because, you know, we got big family, a lot of females in our family. I don't, I don't see where they feel like they're not protected, but you know, like the brother have just mentioned, when brothers be coming out their neck, calling women bees and all this other stuff, you know, we'll sit right there and not say nothing, you know. So, what what do you, what do you guys uh, think about our black women not feeling protected? Um, I would have to ask the question to that black woman that feels that way, in, in, in what respect do you feel that you're not protected? Because on one hand, men are being removed from their positions of their homes voluntarily and involuntarily. Um, when you talk about protection, are we talking about um, 
physical protection, spiritual protection, mental protection, emotional protection, um, because women play a huge role in all of those components, especially when they decide that they want to be the heads of the homes and when society makes them the head of the homes. You know, so we would have to dive into, you know, you would have to tell me how you feel you're not protected, you know, because um, when I was married both times, I was the protector of my home, my family. You you mess with my family, you mess with, especially my, my wife, you mess with my wife, you got, you got hell on your hands. So as a man by design we are hunters and protectors you you tell a man that he can't do something that he really wanted he's going to hunt to get it you mess with anything that's important to his heart you're going to die for it so that that's a case-by-case situation and, and and you know when we when we take a look at if we take a look at social media today we got a lot of women who don't respect themselves we got a lot of women who think that it's okay to do some of the stuff that, that, that they're doing. I mean, we, we, we got the whole song. I like the song. Uh, WAP. I like the song, but if you listen to the content of the song, you'd be like, well, dang, you ain't leaving nothing to the imagination, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the, the man in me, the man loves the song. I love what they're saying. Because it, 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 it massages my visual. Men are very visual creatures. We see it, it does something to us. So we would have to know, well, well, well ma'am, how do you feel that you're not protected? I mean, you know, are you out here being the type of woman that needs protection? Or are you the type of woman that's out here showing that you don't need to be protected because I don't need a man? I said it. I said it. You don't need a man, but you want that. You want a man to protect you. I'm confused. Mm. Hey, brother Seagrooms. Uh, we had actually the first question I had asked was, "What is a man's responsibility to himself, his family, and his community?" And with that, I asked another question before you came back in. Was one of the sentiments that I hear is, "Black women don't feel like they're protected." Um, you could just go in if you want and just talk about all that if you want, brother. Wow. All right. Well, well peace, peace, brothers. Peace, peace brother. Peace, girl. Um, wow. That's a, that's a heavy question right there. Black women, you're talking black women don't feel protected, huh? Okay. Well, the first thing for, for us protecting, uh, before you can protect the community, you know, you got to protect self. So you got to. You got to know yourself, right? Know what your capabilities are. That's the first thing. And then after that, I guess the next the next logical step would be, you know, obviously, if you have a family, you're going to protect your family. And, you know, you got to instill some type of, um, you know, spiritual base. I don't mean religion, per se. I'm just talking about the spirituality aspect that there are things greater than you. So you start with self, then you do the family. Now, if you don't have a family and you, you know, in search of a queen or if you're a woman, you know, you're in search of a king. You still got to know what your capabilities are. You know, you got to be a whole person. Like the other person is not going to make you whole. And the need to be protected. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I think Darwinism is in effect out here because if 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 I got to hold it down, 
the queen also got to hold it down on what she has to do. There's things that she can do that I'll never be able to do and vice versa. Right. So, you know, we both got our roles. When I say roles, I don't mean like, yo, they got to be barefoot in the kitchen or nothing like that. I'm talking about this, things that they do in the household, you know, whether it's with the kids or just in general, you know, but they don't feel protected. I don't know. I think you got to be protected within yourself first. Like, what is it that you're... um trying to get out of out of your partner what are you expecting from them that you're not getting i guess that's where my question would come in you know as far as them not being protected i mean i don't see it i see brothers out here all the time you know like even um brothers with they with their children and things like that you know the narrative on tv is like we're not in our children's lives but i don't see that you know in the community i'm talking about poor neighborhoods to to, to rich neighborhoods like there's you know black fathers out there you know doing their thing so I think if you're protecting the children, yeah, you're gonna you're protecting the household. But I don't, I don't know. I guess it depends on the individual. You know, a, a woman that would ask that question, like, well, we don't feel protected. Protected by what? Like, we've been abandoned systemically. You know, I mean, I'm old enough to remember. You know, the 1970s. You know, men was getting kicked out of the house, not not uh, literally, but systemically. You know, like, mm-hmm. here, take take this check mm-hmm. and. You know, mm-hmm. the man can't be in the home when the workers mm-hmm. come to visit. You know, right. that's part of the game. Right. You know, oh, well, well, where's daddy at? Well, he he, he going to be gone for a couple of hours. Oh, okay. So that so that was when he first started living out the bag. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you was living out the bag then. You know, it's like, you know, you, all right, you want her to, and you might even, you know, you probably have a job, you're holding it down, you know, but you can't be here on this day, this time when they come, because, you know, I need my, you know, benefits or whatever it is, you know, and, right. you know, the game right. is so deep now, like, right. if you have a documented um, disability, you know, they, you know, they'll try to get SSI on the kids, so you definitely can't be around, like, how you claiming all of this stuff and you by yourself, you know, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, man. You really yeah. think about it. It, 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 it don't, it don't work to, to be in a nuclear family, Till everybody get the bag, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, brother, brother Mystic Mind man. I know you got something for us about this protection thing because you out in there knuckling, knuckling to the pavement in them streets. So, well, you know, um, brother Poetic uh, kind of shifted my perspective in midair like a Michael Jordan layup um, because. You know, it's funny. I don't. I don't really like answering questions that's so vague. You know, and as I mentioned earlier, I'm a case manager. So when we sit down, we do assessments, and 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 we deal with specific things. But that question has actually led to another question, which I would put back. I would need a specific example because I don't mm. know if the sister's saying mm. we don't feel protected in general, like we just don't see black men as strong in general, um, or if she herself may have gone through domestic violence situation and no one came to her aid, you know, I'm, I'm not really clear. I would need to know the specifics so I could, could address it. I mean, right now I, I would just be reaching, um, you know, do they see us as strong as a whole? I mean, well, we, I mean, we're going through a lot. We're going through a lot. And, and a lot of us are trying. Um, we're under attack. The whole community, you know, men and women. When I talk, we talk about incarceration. Men and women are incarcerated. Men and women are suffering uh, police brutality and, and, and murder. So I, I don't, I don't know exactly what they're talking about. And I've, and I've talked to sisters who, 
um, have mentioned that, but they've given specific examples. For example, they say, well, you know, um, problem we have with you brothers is that when it comes to domestic violence, y'all will have one of your brothers, you know, beating up on his lady and y'all won't say anything. Y'all won't check him. Y'all won't hold him accountable. Um, so in, in that sense, if that was the specific question, I could kind of speak to that. And I, I'd have to agree that, you know, not for myself personally, but, you know, we don't have a culture where we see a brother hitting up on his woman. We snatch him up and smack him up and, and do what we need to do to him. Um, you know, brothers, you know, I grew up around a lot of schools of thought, one being a nation Islam. And a lot of times when brothers hit their wives, they're excommunicated. Brothers of FOI would knock on those brothers' doors and check them and deal with them. And you had certain brothers, but, you know, we going back 70s, 80s, um, when the community of, of men was strong and then you had organizations that were built on principle and they would step to brothers and deal with brothers. Um, I've heard sisters or in general talk about, well, let's talk about our young men. We talked about incarceration earlier. You know, we as black men don't seem to be, you know, what we see in the community, we don't seem to see strong economics in our hands. You know, mm. we have other ethnic groups providing groceries for us, fried chicken for us, doing our cleaning for us. And we don't have the kind of jobs. You see my young Latino brothers, five, six in the morning, they're taking their sons to uh, work, right? Our kids come home from college. Uh, we don't have internships. We teach them how to wear a tie and we send them downtown and, and, and to get a job. So, I, you know, I, 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 I'm just throwing a bunch of stuff out there because I really don't know uh, where the system is coming from, but I do understand where a lot of sisters are coming from in general. Um, you know, all I can say is I strongly believe that the six brothers I see on the screen are the exception to who the sister's talking about. You know, we are stepping forward. We are putting ourselves out there as a positive image, as a force of strength. And even the seventh brother who uh, got off earlier, you know, we are putting ourselves out there as examples. Um, is it enough what the numbers are? I, I don't know. You know, I don't, I really don't know. Um, yeah, no, I'm, it, it is, it is, it's amazing that you said that. And, and like Brother C. Groom said, most of us know the men most most of those that have friends, they're all involved with their kids. Mm -hmm. So this is this is something that I always think, and I, I am a numbers guy, somebody that looks at statistics. Statistically, black men are the most responsible when it comes to fathering their kids, whether they're in their home or out their home. They're the most responsible when it comes to paying the child support as well. And so it always bugs out. It always bugs out. The, where did this narrative come from? Mm -hmm. That we're not there, mm -hmm. uh, brother J. Rob, the wise son. What's going on, bro? Salute, brothers. <laughs> How's hey, all right, all right. J. Wise, we had um asked a couple questions. One was the responsibility of a man to self, family, and community, and the other one was a narrative that black women don't feel protected. Uh, you could you could just go from there wherever you where you know you're gonna go go <laughs> as it relates to black men and their responsibility to themselves that's an individual thing reason being is that all men have a different path once you find your path and that path belongs to you and how you go about making those things happen cool you may find some like-minded brothers that may be conscious you may be some like-minded brothers who are spiritual you may find some like-minded brothers who may have a business acumen or something else that you all find, um, what's the word, that you all gravitate towards. 
but for you yourself, that may be different based off how you were raised because my belief system comes from what I was raised as. Now, I can admit to being a product of my environment, and there's some things that I've seen growing up in the Bronx and, and hanging out in Brooklyn and Queens or what have you, even Harlem, that I liked and I didn't like, but that didn't the streets didn't shape me like that. What I saw my, my dad do, that shaped me. How that relationship with my mother, that shaped me. I think all men who are sitting here, the very first woman any man ever loved was his mother. So your 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 relationships are based off of how you were raised to a, to a particular degree. And that shapes the man that you're about to be as your the things that you are that you know right from wrong from. You learn that other stuff when you out there. But you, you know do. innately what it is that you're supposed to be doing because if you got a strong father, your father said, This is how you protect your sisters. If you had a strong father, your father was like, This is how I need you to be out there. Because I, I go back to my dad. My dad said, Everything you do reflects on me. That makes a lot of sense because when I talk to Prescott or if I talk to uh, 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 um, Poetic and what have you, your friendships are a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. If all your boys is thieves, that's a reflection on you because you into that. If all your boys is hustlers, that's a reflection of you because you part of that. If all your boys is in college or if your boys are all on Wall Street or all your boys are successful entrepreneurs, you're on that bandwagon too. You're a part of that. So everything we tend to be within whatever group we happen to socialize in. Now, when it comes to your community, as black men, we have a, a definite responsibility to our community to let young brothers know there's a particular path that you need to follow. I know growing up in these streets in the Bronx, the hustlers had a particular model. They were like, if you're not part of this world, I need you to take your ass to school. <laughs> I had hustlers ask me, let me see your report card. Mm -hmm. I had a hustler ask me, let me see you fucking up because I'm going to let you know something. I'm going to take you to your mother. And then when they saw who my father was, it was like, it's even worse because your father don't play. So the hustlers was, that was a different breed. So when my older brother got into the hustle game and whatnot, they were like, let your brother do that. That's not you. So Lance and, 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 and Be Cool and Jeremy and, and Ronald and them older cats that was hustling cocaine and dope and heroin, they were like, this ain't your life, bro. When they found out I was going to college, them dudes put money in my hands and was like, I don't need you back on this block. That was then. So the young brothers didn't have that. And my thing was, when I came back to the block, I took the kind of job that I have now because I want to help other black men that look like me. So I work in the social service system, same as Prescott. I, I help other black men. The reason I became a Mason and a Shriner was because we're mandated to do community service. So we do the Shriners as mentors. I talk to young brothers all the time. We go to Rikers Island. We go to these places where the young brothers are that are looking at life in a different mode. So the community is really important. I grew up on that. My parents were responsible for the Black Association. So it was instilled in us to be a really a heavy part of your community. And and you had one more. Yourself, community, and something else. Black, black women not feeling protected. Some of that is our fault. Some of that is bullshit. But some of that is our fault. <laughs> and the reason why I say some of that is bullshit is because the system or the people who don't look like any of the men on this screen have been successful in selling us fairy tales. So when you get a sister that says, oh, I can't wait till I get married and have a white house with the white picket fence, that's all bullshit. Mm. When you get a sister who says, oh, well, I can't wait to get married and have the Preach. long flowing white dress and what have you, Preach, that's all brother. bullshit. Preach. Because black romance don't look like white romance. Don't mm -hmm. sell me that old fairy tale dream that Disney put out there. 
That's not true. Even I got into an argument with a sister and got escorted out of a, a wedding because old girl says she wants to jump the broom. And I said, sweetheart, jumping the broom is not a black thing. That's what white people did because they had they had slavery Bibles. In the slavery Bibles, they said that God did not and God did not approve of black people. So of course, you, what you do for an animal, you train an animal to do tricks. Jumping a broom is a trick. That's not what we do as a people. So when I said that, she was like, "Oh, you on that? You on that little Louis Farrakhan shit? I don't want him in my wedding." I was like, wow. "I'm just trying to educate y'all." I said, because you're part of my people, and my people don't do tricks to impress a bunch of other people you're not going to talk to next year at this wedding. So as, as black women, we have a responsibility to remind whatever woman we are, we are involved in or with, while you're here, I got you. Mm. While we're together, I got you. Let the world say whatever they want to say, I got you. As long as you know when you're home and when we're together, I got you. But the minute you stop behaving like the woman that you are and start acting like the child some people out there know you to be, we're going to have a different conversation. That's not protection. That's that's grown people shit. Because my dad didn't yell at my mother in the street. They took their arguments back to the crib and said, this is how we're going to work from now on. Cool. My father never put his hands on my mother. He was like, how does it look? I put my hands on you that I want to have sex with you. He's like, that's not what we do. But the first person that says something wrong to Miss Mary in the street, my father was like, I'm going to break your jaw. I'm going to break his jaw. And as soon as your brother get here, I'm breaking his jaw. Then I'm going to go back to tell Miss Mary, why did you put me in that situation? Because now I'm forced to hurt somebody. And now there's another thing now. But in today's world, it's different because a lot of sisters have gotten brainwashed to believe the bullshit that people put on television. Or movies, or HBO, or Hulu, or what have you, and they say this is what romance is supposed to be. I mean, I I recently met a sister, and I asked her, "Can we go to Starbucks to talk?" And she was like, "Are you too cheap to take me to dinner?" I was like, <laughs> "No, but I don't know you." Mm. <laughs> I said, "Why am I spending bread on you, and I have no idea who you are? You might be a stalker. You might be a homicidal maniac. You might have warrants." But can I talk to you? How about if I get in your head and not try to get in your ass? Mm. <laughs> I met a chick in Harlem who gave me the realest conversation on earth. I pushed up and I said, sister, what's going on? I like to, you know, can I buy you a drink? She looked me up and down and said, baby, let me talk to you. Come here. She said, you look like the kind of cat that I could take home to my mother. But I'm not into dudes like you. This is at Mocha Lounge, press. She's, yeah. like, she's like, I'm not into cats like you. You see that dude over here? I'm trying to get that nigga for his money. She said, and that's just what I'm on right now. And I was like, I respect that. She was like, you look like a nice guy, and I could definitely do some things with you when I'm in that mode. She said, but I can look you up and down and tell you you're a clean dude. You got your shit together. She said, you obviously speak well because you approach me differently than the rest of these niggas in here, quote, unquote. And she said, but I'm not into dudes like you. She said, I got to get that nigga for his money because he got a whole lot of bread. And I know he holding more than you. I said, well, <laughs> hold it. What, whatever's in his pockets, I can match. But I respect you for that. I'm going to buy you a drink anyway, and you have a great night. She's like, I don't need no man. He, you know what's fucked up? Until a sister's doing better than a dude, she don't need a dude. She need him when she's doing good. When she's say not that doing again. that good. J-Rob, say that again. When some, I won't say all, but when some sisters are not doing well, they need that dude. And the moment she gets ahead of that dude, I don't need that dude. 
I don't need no man. And then you got other sisters who perpetuate that nonsense and say, that's right, girl, you don't need him. You don't need no man. You your own woman. Really? I bet you they single. In unhappy relationships. Or unhappy relationships. We're in about and then you asking else. how come then they asking questions like, Well, can you come around because my son needs some strong men in his circle? Well, what's up with your what's up with your child's father? Mm. Oh, he locked up or he no good. You knew he was no good the moment you spread your thighs for him. But because the brother got deep pockets and Tim's and and reeks of weed. Or all he's doing is Hennessy, and he out with the fellas. He's a good dude. You like that thugged out shit. But let it cat read a book, and let it cat say something to you with a little bit of vocabulary. Like, mm, I'm not trying to fuck with that educated cat. Right. See, right, hey, Groves, right. I'm going to ask you, you this question first, but this, I want all the brothers to elaborate on this. Oh, this point before you, before you do about. that, see, Crooms, yo, bro, I've been following you for a minute, bro, and I meant to tell you salute, bro. You got a couple salute, of things. Brother. I got a cop from you, yo, press. He got a couple of Masonic hats. You got a cop. <laughs> Real talk. Salute to you, bro. I, I, yeah, I, I appreciate it because I do, you know, I do the history piece. You know, I try yes, to sir. do well, everything I do now is uh the history apparel. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's to it's to spark some type of um interest in history because yep. you know we lacking in that, you know, just yes, in sir. general. Yep. People. So I do ebooks and I do hats, you know, and, and you know, every now and then some t-shirts, but he, he got that until bro. Oh, okay. okay, he got that knowledge is born joint, that seven piece. Yes, right. So <laughs> so I'm gonna go on mute, but I had to say something to you before before something. Right. Hey, 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 see, I'm gonna present this to you, but this is for all the brothers. When we know that the powers that be is attacking the nuclear family, how do we continue, or some of us continue looking at our mates as like they're the enemy? Oh, man, you know, all right, you know, all right, we know we under attack, right? So, oh, well, we should know we under attack. But, you know, as a brother J. Rob said earlier, it's like, when the narrative is spun to present this fairy tale, you know, people are blind to that, you know? So if you blind that we under attack, we under attack every day. Black man's under attack every day. I don't care what you doing, where you going. It, that's just how it is. But you know, is ironically in other parts of the world, the black man is respected, but I'm talking about on this land. If you go outside of this land, you could go to Asia, you could go to uh, different countries in Africa. And, you know, they'll address you as the king that you are. But here on this land, you know, the media narrative is that, you know, we we not shit. We don't do nothing for our kids. And, um, you know, he brought up an interesting point the last time. Even when a, when a woman tells you, oh, the baby father or, my, you know, my child's father is not shit or whatever. You can't even take that at face value because you got to know the dynamics of that relationship. You know, maybe they're not good for you, but they want to be in their child's life. And, you know, I've seen, I don't know, I've seen a lot of blockades just in general. I did social work. You know, this is in the 90s, and I did social work. I've I seen how that plays out. You know, or, you know, there's, there's uh, her story, there's his story, and then there's what actually happened. You know, and mm -hmm. you have to be able to discern, like, well, what's what? But that relationship with that child, that don't got nothing to do with the relationship that you had with the mother, it helps if y'all have a good relationship. 
It really does. But if you got a toxic person, meaning like oil and water, like, you know, you get with somebody you you don't know. You're supposed to know whether they're good for you. But the warning signs is there. Do you ignore them? You know what I mean? Like we get warning signs. So it's like, well, all right, I'm going to stay. I'm going to help this person out. Knowing damn well they ain't good for you. You think you're going to change them. Just the same way that they can't change you. You know, it's like the brother said, you know, if, if you in the club and you, you know, you holler at somebody like, nah, I want you, you straight up and down, do you too clean or, yo, that's a narrative that's out there right now. They don't want you, you know, basically mm-hmm. if your head is on right. You know, they'll take the dummy with the money. Right, they don't, right, they don't, they don't right. want the knowledgeable, knowledgeable person that, you know, think long term. Like, you know what? Right. I don't got 50000 in my, you know, in my safe or whatever. But, yo, I got life insurance. You know what I'm saying? When I pass, when I, I'll be I'm worth more dead than alive. You know what I mean? At least my family and my kids, you know, they'll be fine. You know, my wife, everybody's good. But if you with the fast hustle and the fast money mentality, they not going to get it. So. You know, we are under attack, so it's it's kind of hard to. I, I don't know. It's it's a tough question for me because it's like, well, why are you with the person then? After you realize, when you got to that point, to saying, "Yeah, I can't be with this person," a, a child shouldn't keep you there. Don't do that to that child. He don't need to see that. Like my my pops, he never hit my mom's, never. But I'm sure they argue. They've had arguments in front of me. It never got to that point where it escalated to that. So. They only got to stay together for the child. You you hurting the child. He's seeing straight up toxicity. He ain't seeing nothing positive from that. And I know brothers that's outside the home. They raise they they raise their arm um, kids. That's what you're supposed to do. Child support system is out there. Brothers do pay child support. You know what I mean? But if you listen to the narrative, you'll think like, oh, you know, brothers is deadbeat. You know, or it ain't. It just ain't like that. And that's a fact. J. Rob went in, <laughs> bro. Bro, the scariest thing that I heard. I went with my brother to to child support family court. The judge says to to his ex after they did the money situation. So what do you want us to do with him now? And I was like, mm. wow. I said, wait, 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 wait. They didn't have a problem making the baby. That was sixty minutes of some good loving. You're going to put his fate in her hands and you know she don't like that man? And the judge said, are you his attorney? I said, no, ma'am. That's my brother. She said, get out of my courtroom. They'll like, do you, that. You can't be serious. Get out. And uh, the, the, the court officer was like, so so to your point, bro? Yeah. That's, that's, that's hard. The child support system where people, all, all, all brothers really need to learn about that. It's like, yo, it's straight up money. They don't care about no story. They don't care about who, you know, they don't care about no visitation. How much do you make? You got one child in New York, 17%. Two child, 20-something percent. That's all they care about. So when you got brothers out here that, all right, you know what? If it's like that, I'm a, if you're going to take care of your child and you don't have a job, you know what I mean? If when you give the money, keep the receipts. Cause I, I've seen stories. I've seen the Harvard story where you know somebody been taking care of their child for 17 years. Before they turn 18, the mother of that child, you know, well, just, you know, fight broke out, argument. I'm gonna go to child support court. Yo, they tried to bang him for 17 years worth of back pay. He came with all the receipts. And I was like, Thank you. 
my brother, I'm so glad you was listening. I ain't even have children at that point. I was just like, yo, keep the receipts, bro. Don't don't run up in that court, not in child support court. They don't care about none of that. And you know, it's crazy. You know what's crazy, man? What's crazy is is that we actually had to resort to that. I got, I got five kids, four biological, one stepson, five. My oldest son will be 25 next year. Me and his mother split up when, when he was three. I went and opened up the child support order case. I did. Uh-huh. So I wanted to make sure that I had money going to him that she would use for him and not keep hitting me, hitting me, hitting me. Never was laid on a payment because I ain't like I ain't like jail. My ex-wife right now gets a nice amount of nice amount of support, but it's not through child support, it's through the divorce, the legal system, the courts. But it's crazy that two people make this child and a woman in most cases. 95% of the cases, the women are so vindictive that they want to see this man doing bad. This is the father of your child. Now, I'm not talking about the deadbeats. I'm talking about those of us that are actually out here busting out behind to take care of our kids. I don't ask anybody for nothing to take care of my kids. I take care of my kids. Ain't not that one of them crying because they don't have anything all five of them my stepson i was with his mama when she was carrying him his father ain't worth two cents but that's my son and he knows i'm his father he's seen his father maybe three times this year he better not walk up and claim he that boy's daddy we're gonna have some issues no I don't care. I don't care if me and his mother divorced. He ain't got nothing to do with what happened between me and her. I'm not going to see him sitting out here without a father because, oh, well, mommy can't get her life together. Mommy can't do this. She remarried, but I'm that boy's father. So when the system, bro, when I was going through this divorce, I wanted custody of all those kids. That's why we was in court for so long. That's why the divorce took so long. Because I was trying to get custody of my kids and her son too. And everybody like, well, why are you, why are you getting custody of him? There is a legal term for it, but I could have custody of him too. And she wouldn't have nothing to really say about it. Only way I got him is if, if she was proven unfit. Well, she's not unfit. But it's so sad that women have become so vindictive in today's society that it's okay for you to make your child's father look bad, even when he is doing right. That gets under my skin. Man, go ahead. True indeed. Peace out of that, bro. Hey, uh, Mystic. Let me let me ask you because you you in that counseling field and you know <laughs> a lot of I know I know how it is when I was coming through them spots, mm-hmm. you know when a guy been behind the wall the first thing he trying to do is get back on his feet, 
he might got that warrant, so he want to take care of that warrant. So I'm quite sure you've seen it firsthand. All the madness. Uh, what do you what do you got to say about all this stuff, man? Man, so much was discussed. Take me back to the question again. The part was the, the um, we, we definitely went to the child support issue. I didn't know we was going to go there, but. Me either. <laughs> but, but it's all good. Um, but it's part of the conversation. It's, 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 it's part of the conversation. What, let me ask you, let me rephrase another question for you, Mystic, if you don't mind. Do you think that our society now with our decision making, when we choose these mates, whether it's a male or a female, we don't consider the long-term effects? Okay. Um, that takes me back to something that brothers used to teach in the nation, uh, which was the art of mating, right? You know, for the most part, we, we will all get up and say, look, my parents are my example of the mate I should choose. A woman should be similar in nature to my mother. Sister may say the man should be similar in nature to my father. But the art of mating, assessing one, uh, you know, now we have a more educated uh, 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 group of men and women. So people are looking at things like toxicity, person's trauma history and things of that nature whereas when some of us and we'd all look old enough we didn't we didn't go about it like that you know i mean quite honestly you know with men we ran with it in our hands they saw us coming <laughs> we got caught out there then nine months later baby is there you know um there was stronger communities try to help us stay together but we we really didn't look at uh people's trauma history um you know like now i talk about when you date somebody look you need to go to family uh, events and just look at the family. You know, I don't want to date somebody whose brother's in the drug game. And, and look, when they come for him, they may come for you too and our children. So I'm in the game now. <laughs> you know, I can move you far away, but I'm in the game now. Um, you know, and, and vice versa. You know, I, I don't want sisters to jump in and think that I'm that we're attacking women because that's not the case. We're talking about the art of mating. We're talking about really studying and analyzing that individual beyond the physical attraction. Mm -hmm. Beyond the education, um, just beyond the, the way the person treats you, uh, because that person could be a very nice person. But when you get around a family, you can see very toxic relationships. And you say, you know what? Very unhealthy relationships here. I don't know if I want to marry this person, have children and have them grow up in this kind of environment. Here. It's a lot. It's a lot with that. You know, um, I think we look at each other as enemies in some cases because we don't know any better. We don't know any better. You know, uh, there's a lot to fight through and, 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 you know, at the end of the day, the black community, we, we have a lot to deal with. So I think if two people come together and understand that and are willing to work through that and say, listen, you know, you come with some trauma. I come with some trauma. We both have baggage here. Let's go through this baggage together, throw out what we don't need and keep what we need. And let's make sure it's about us. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm big into uh, music and song lyrics, you know, J Rob and I, we talk a lot and, you know, if two songs come to mind. I remember when I divorced, I, I remember Patti LaBelle's song, old song she did in the 70s called Isn't It a Shame? Mm. You know, mm. about how is it that two people who learn together, who love together, pray together, I'm paraphrasing and I'm probably messing the lyrics up, but she said, end up so far apart 
and the hook is, isn't it a shame? Then you look at Teddy Pendergrass, who had a song. He said, make our goal each other's happiness. See, we're not approach when you start approaching it from that perspective. That's why I love songs. Look, at the end of the day, those songwriters wrote yes, those sir. Songs based on some experience, good, bad, or indifferent. Yes, sir. And you know, you when you approach it that way, with with you know, you about each other, right? When you get married, you become a family. You know, people say things like, "Oh, well, you know, that's been my sister all her life," or "That's been my brother." That's irrelevant. The moment we say "I do," that's irrelevant. Y'all take a back seat to this here. That's right. And when that's right. step in and start that's pulling right. apart and you don't defend and you don't that's shoot right. them off, that doesn't mean you don't love your siblings. That means this is a new family now. A mental, emotional, spiritual family now. And those children are your bloodline. So I, I think the art of mating is, is the lost art that needs to be recaptured. Um, you know, um, and by the way, the song, I see the sister quoted uh, Julia Dozier. The song is, uh, it's so good loving somebody when someone loves you back. That was Teddy mm -hmm. Pendergrass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and I think we need supportive friends. You know, I have friends who look, and I, I'm a single guy, but, you know, I know some brothers, you know, they, they're in relationships and they step out. And I look at them sometimes and I'm like, brother, go back home. Go back home. You know, go, go, go spend some quality time because... Don't think when you bond with somebody and you step away and come back with a different energy that your spouse or your significant other don't feel that. You know, so I, again, I, I just think the art of mating is, is, is a lost art. I think we're recovering it because the younger generation definitely are talking about things like trauma, toxicity, you know, looking at family history. And, and some, to some degree, we have to look at our own mental health. You know, history and, you know, you meet them and you wonder where it's coming from. But you, you learn that, that it's possibly from family. So um, I think we just need to turn to each other, love each other and realize that it's all about us. That we're protecting each other from any Absolutely. and everybody. Look, I can love my mother. Listen, if you come at my spouse, mother, I love you, but you're not going to do this. That's I right. Love you two separately without compromising my love for the other. That's right. So, so these these are the new approaches I think we need to uh, uh, have, look at, share with those up and coming couples. You know, those of us who've gone through the big D. You know, we can be a warner to those coming behind us. I mean, look, it was the dope fiends who taught me not to use dope when I was a kid in the old neighborhood. It was the drug dealers who told me not to sell drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, you can learn from somebody who's in the mix. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so I I just think that. Um, yeah, we made to look at each other as the enemy. We need to break that. We need but to break that. What we also need to do is not let someone else outside of your relationship define your relationship. Absolutely. True indeed. Because yes, sir. if you're giving your heart to that sister and she's reciprocating that energy, then that's the two of you against the world. The minute, the minute you allow someone to poison your relationship with whatever nonsense is coming out of their mouth, then you openly admitted that you're going to let someone destroy what the two of you are trying to build and vice versa. Uh -huh. Well, this, this is a, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful talk we have in brothers. I appreciate you guys, but this is a, a portion of the show where I take a back seat. Me, me and mystic mind go forward all the way back for a minute. Cause we're going to let the poets do it. The poets do. And, and because, because he, uh, is on his first show with us, man, and hope, hopefully the brother come back 
many more. See, Grooms, you can start it off, brother. Oh, I, you know, I ain't got nothing off the top of my head. I have to read something. Let somebody <laughs> go. Cool. I, let me, cool. I, I gotta get it though. I gotta, I got it written out, but I gotta get it. Okay, right, somebody, well, somebody go. I, I'll go get decline. what I got. You decline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, somebody started off. I'll be right back. Give it to give it to King and work your way around. <laughs> you must be taking notes from a. <laughs> But well, quick, but yo, we can get into it on that. This is called Open Sesame. Soon we search through the rubble, building blocks have crumbled. These are days of the devil, society is in trouble. My wings of prayer travel through hell and come out of balanced scale. Mask of illusion is being worn, face that steam is hidden well. Demonic company presidents in a dark-hearted army treat some of their good employees as if they working in a safari. It's a journey getting work done. Mentally, what's your outcome? Hold your head, never be fearsome of the evil in the interim. Then again, some don't check the modern enslavement we are trapped in. The guardians see what's happening, so I focus on channeling. Through practicing and managing, won't see the guard panicking, exercising while battling, dismantling all that they are sanctioning, questioning what they verbalize, advertisements of suicide, reading between the lies, close my lids and open my third eye. Who's sleeping? Who peeking? I'm with a team that's true seeking. My weekends be breathing off the five days. My feet screaming. King. Mm. Mm. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you wrote you wrote that today. Watching Love Jones, huh? Mm. Nah, nah, man. <laughs> a few days ago. That's for that's for Jay Robin them show later on. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yes, I sir. got y'all brothers tonight. <laughs> yes, sir. Salute. Salute, Thank you, brothers. So who want to take the stage? Poetic, J-Rod? Like, I'm going to yield to Wolverine. All right, all right Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this piece is called American Flag Drenched in Blood. Mm. The flag has a lot of blood on it throughout the years. Present day, it has caused so many tears. The land of the free, not for you and me. My skin color still bothers you. Don't lie. You know it's true. The level of disrespect you show, the amount of racism on display, you know how bad the flag still bleeds. Ring it out and watch the bloodshed, but I'm freed? Right. No wrong. I'm still wearing invisible shackles. Ask before you try to tackle a Black Lives Matter prompt. Civil rights leaders and activists weep nonstop because America can't seem to get it right. No matter what time, day or night, Black lives don't matter. And our communities, blood still splatter. What do we need to do to create more unity? Aggressively tackle poverty. Help those who are still the lower class. Achieve the level of middle class. Educate and resuscitate an American life of quality. Home of the brave to do what exactly? Continue to see just how brutal being black can be. I'm tired of crying at night worrying about yours and my son. As he would flee and run from the very person sworn to serve and protect he would have a knee on his neck, maybe holes in his back, or an invisible noose around his neck. Maybe his sneakers taken because of someone else's lack. Trying to breathe from a forced, pan forced panic attack? I'm tired of seeing my brothers and sisters' names being added to a blacklist. That we have to scream their lives matter and wait for handcuffs on my wrist. Tase me for telling the truth? Kill me in front of my youth? The ones I'm sworn to serve and protect? Now? 
Now I'm just a memory due to your lack of respect. Hmm. Lack of respect for the person paying your salary. So you call in the cavalry. I'm terrified when I hear the words license and registration. The flag bears those before me blood in my hesitation, a hesitation that could mean the end of my life. I can't call my wife because the officer was having a bad day. As my blood spills on the red and white and blue, there's nothing I get to say, not even a day in court, because my rights were robbed from me and the report will be to vilify me and make me look like I deserve to die. So your flag and my flag will still cry. More blood. Just try blood. And that's that piece. Mm. Whoa, whoa. Beautiful. Wow. Woo. Woo. Oh, man. I got I to gotta find something else to read because that was too heavy for me. Wow. How you follow up that? Mm. Go to commercial break. And come for real. <laughs> I don't know about that way, bro. I would try. <laughs> oh, man. You, you dive in, you dive into some uh uh some Edgar Allan Poe and just make it sound real pretty, you know. And that's just too heavy for me right now. Damn poetic, seriously? That's what we yeah. at? That's yeah, where I'm I, at, bro. That's I saw that. I, I could see that. That was real visual. I definitely could see that. Yeah. Thank you, brothers. <laughs> Yo. Right, I I I found one. I had to dig up one, you know. Let me uh it's called rewind. All right, uh, here we go, here we go. Living the life of a ghost and hard to find. At one time, I have very little, and now the Most High has blessed me one more time. Wake up in the morning. It could be my last breath, but hold up. Let me check my blood pressure. Okay, the stress was put to rest until those red, white, and blue lights flashed in my rear view. I've been through so much in life that being scared of you is not an option. Have a good day, they said, as I moved on past that abandoned building with eyes coming out of the glassless window. I zipped up my coat as the wind blew and dug in my pocket for some change to help out a person on hard times. Once upon a time, they slaved for this country on the front line to hell, but only time will tell whether they will be free. So many of us walking around with two good eyes, but blinded by the reality that three missed checks, and it could be you in that line as the train door opens. Excuse me, I don't mean to bother you, but do you have the time to spare a dime for something to eat? Put clothes on my back or shoes on my feet. I mean you no harm. Every day I'm reminded of how much worse things can be. Take a walk with me through New York City. It isn't pretty. What a pity to be confined to the life on the grind. Time stood still and I wonder why the hungry look like me. Some look like you. A thousand pounds of food get thrown on the street daily. I don't know what to do. Something has to give. If my brother is down, how am I truly supposed to live? What will it take to get ahead with no job and a career doing the same thing year after year, walking down that street with no fear? Paid my debt to the family, so it's time to get some freedom. I'm a grown-ass man with focus, so the world can't handle me. Too strong, too black, too proud. The cost of living got me walking around with a dark cloud over my head. No protection from the law. I was once a piece of chattel. Now my pockets is dead with holes on each side. Tried to make a way didn't succeed so i just cried black men in america on the run i have to escape those gray skies or life will not be fun boys in blue waiting for a mistake and they have that gun but i have my mind they can't have that so they want my pride 
make my way down those stairs and yeah the look in my eyes got them scared i was born to be a star i shine so bright they have to stare it's on to the next chapter where i blaze a path make a way and become a factor now they run and hide i'm a teenager with nowhere to go so step your ass aside walking that line between here and now it's time to reflect on how we get no respect but must push on i'm a nigga i'm a hoe go figure that ignorance as you preach to me about how i'm a sinner no i'm a scholar and one of the nicest people in the world that will take my shirt off my back and give you my last dollar the stupidity and lack of caring for mankind makes me want to holler from how it used to be graffiti lace trains and adidas on my feet but don't walk through those side streets at night unless you're prepared to fight that crack fiend. Damn, had to bash him in the head. He wanted all I never had, so I fled. Next stop is the last stop. Make one false move and you're dead. Life yes, in the streets, brother. Yes, sir. Life brother. in the streets. All right, brother. Appreciate that. Salute. Javon. <laughs> Uh, this piece was based off of what King hit me with earlier when he was asking us questions, and it's called My Water. I'm not the smartest man alive by no means. The only thing I will say about me is that all within this vessel is of a deep and infinite nature. And all I ask before you dive in these waters is make sure that you have taken advanced swimming lessons. And if you look at me closely, You'll see that my third eye, you'll never see my third eye wink or blink because if we're e equally yoked, you know that I stay woke. You see, I am my ancestors' fingerprints and their fulfilled dreams that pour out of the chalice of freedom. I say this because I grow tired of the same inane, mundane conversations about nothing that begin with, so what you up to? I want conversations that sail along reality's outer limits that transcends space and time and makes time ask for moments back that leaves whoever i'm speaking with to physically be thirsty and render her mind hungry for more so that i can satisfy her intellectual appetite for stimulating conversation that will leave sapiosexuals asexual characters now so that when you tell me your fears i say let's focus on solutions Let's put pride to the side and let's rewind our faults and replace them with actions laid solutions that begin with how do I, as I'm walking into phrases like, I can see us doing that. All the way conversations that linger up in the air until you and I are able to reach out and grab them. And just think about it. And all this time, I never asked you anything about you physically because the water over here is just a little too deep for that kind of shallow conversation. You next. End piece. <laughs> hey, this, hey, hey, this, this, this is a portion of the show that I always hate, man, because th these two brothers always got to leave around this time so they can prepare for their show on Epiphany Radio. Poetic, let us know the, uh, the platform once again, brother. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Epiphany Radio, the Real Entertainment Network, uh, Blog Talk Radio, the dial-in number, 319-527-6300, press 1 to get on the mic um, every day of the week. But if you'd like to hear uh, a specific show that I host, along with that brother down there, J-Rob, the wise son, Thursday nights, the get down, man, come through. 
we got an interesting topic for the week. We're doing poetry based off of 90s romance movies. The Love Jones is the theme. So come through, spit your, your pieces, have some nostalgia with us, and rock out and have a good time with us. We'd love to have y'all. But if you want to tune in tonight, tonight is the hidden. It's other people's poetry. Bring your favorite poet's piece. Um, I got my favorite poet piece, or one of my favorite poets. Um, tune in. You know, we got poetry every night of the week. We got something for everybody. Yeah, this, is gonna be, this is going to be kind of hot, but that Love Jones joint, <clears throat> pick your favorite movie from, from Claudine, Mahogany, <laughs> Love Jones, Have Plenty, Woo. Breaking All the Rules, oh, Brown Sugar, I'm on the brown sugar vibe. Deliver us from Eva. <laughs> Love and oh, basketball. Wow. Yeah. Boomerang. Boomerang. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we tapping nice. all that. Jason's <laughs> lyric. What's your, what's your guy, man? Whatever. Just, just come what, What's your flavor? That's what we're talking about. Wow. True. You know? sir. And, yeah. and we had to go on this kind of vibe because there's people out there that think all me and Poetic do is talk on <clears throat> levels of consciousness. And I'm like, check this out. We got to show them something different. So... We could do the erotica if you want. We could do the romanticisms if you want. I stay in that in that conscious pocket. Hence, you see who I hang out with, that cat with that Harlem hat. And 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 <laughs> listen, we, we stay in a certain pocket, in a certain circle. But every so often, me and Poetic got to step outside that lane and let them know, listen, we do this poetry thing for real. This ain't, this for real. ain't, this, this ain't no game. This ain't no game. So that's where hey, we at. Before you brothers roll up, I got a piece for y'all. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. This is called um, About a Dozen. I stand in line with peasants, the hungry and non-gifted. Soon as our cheek is turned, raise the session, mine's lifted. Grab a handful of brothers, set forth on a journey. Mission time is early, leave South Jersey, no worry. Ancestral mentality of the side of me is magically, whatever I form manually is built to full capacity. Sacred lessons of stillness inside a meditative mind. If I'm blind, produce a shine at ignite lines and designs. Diagrams of maps move a vessel past the traps. Even the strongest nets won't catch the guard who came back. The skies to assist fellow brethren to escape. One of the greatest faces of hate, losing dignity, pride, and faith. Tag along if you're ever born bare feet, the earth on different grounds. Hit my invisible crown in towns wherever I hear absent sounds. All the whispers in the air that appear to open ears. I hear through the creator, also I see through sunny tears. King. That's what I'm talking about. All right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Man. See, now, now, now you're just showing off because that's kind of hot. Right, 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 I might, right. I might have to borrow that real quick. I like that. Right, right. Let me uh I post it up. Trying to write some poetry, man. Listen, <laughs> go ahead, bro. Go ahead, brother. Come on, I learned from you. Hey, you, man. I learned from him back in the day. Let me uh let me let me first of all let me let me before I get out, let me thank y'all for this platform and this panel. Um, it's so good to hear black men speak about things that are necessary, things that are important. And more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you paid attention. We didn't talk over each other. We, we may have had a disagreement, but we never lashed out at each other. We were calm. We were cool. We were collected. And we had a, a, a peaceful conversation. Very different viewpoints, but it was very peaceful because we recognize that we are looked at as a threat. So we needed to show you that men can get together. 
men can have a conversation about various topics and not get upset with each other and still love on one another and enjoy each other's viewpoints. Um, and with that, because you are all kings and you are you are artists, I'm going to I'm going to do this quick piece. Um, it's called Black King and His Artistry, and I hope you all enjoy it. Um, give me a brush and some hues so I can paint the blues. The ones that give me grief and keep me up at night on the coral reef. Watching the moonlight dance in the waves of the ocean. Dripping painted conversations so rich and filled with dreams and promises. I hope inspire with my empty portrait of visions and ink blemishes. See, I create to bring harmony. I envision soulful unity. My brothers keep us collectively breaking chains, unifying a new rainbow perspective with great gain. One where lives are touched and changed instead of being gangbanged. King, are you in there? Show the world where. See, my heart plays jazz. It all happened so fast. A very last breath, bullet to the chest, choking on my own blood. Stop asking me, am I good? The instruments playing these slow songs. Please wake up and see where we went wrong. As I paint this picture and colors run down my fingers, the tears won't stop streaming either. Layers upon layers of history. Vividly, the color of ebony tells our story. Chained and shackled, broken and tackled, bitten and holes, ridiculous, ridiculed and bloodied nose. See, for real, ask a question, am I black enough? But so what does it matter? A movement without followers, how can you shatter the oblivious opinions of those who say we are? Graffiti painted all over the world to see on train cars, breakdancing in the streets so we can compete on a stage man-made in the street, blue suede pumas and shell-head Adidas yelling, it's just us. Laying battle raps over hardcore cutting beats, using our lives to imitate art while we move our hips and feet. Melanin King, rise up and demonstrate the royalty the world surely must hate because they introduce drugs and then we decide to kill each other with this thing called genocide. But I still see the art of love in your hearts, black man. Stop ripping your face, your race apart. There is divine inspiration in all of us. Having a queen to rule with us is a plus. The walls of the tombs are chanting for your presence. The world wants to wipe away your existence. The race wants you to wake up. White privileges wants you to give up. As you become the new masterpiece, the nations will bow down at your peace. Ashe. Checkmate. Wow. Checkmate. Hey. Checkmate. That's peace. Ashe. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> so, so you on this? So you on that kind of vibe right now, huh? Poetic. Come on, man. I, I, I just sent you a gift. How you gonna come off like that, <laughs> brother? It's because I have brothers like you. I can create art like that. So keep inspiring me, brother. But See, I got to get out of here. Get every time he show. says that, I got to pull out some more money and pay for my, my friendship fee. I got you. I got your money. One love, one mic, y'all. Y'all be blessed. One brothers. love, one mic. Hey, yeah. I'll see you in a few minutes, Poetic. All right, brother. Hey, uh, C. Grooms, ex ex explain explain to um my audience what you what you do. Like, uh, you, you make shirts or something? Well, I got... I mean, I have shirts, I have apparel, but you know, my main focus. Uh, really your, the past you know, you know what the younger generation say. What's your IG handle? IG <laughs> the, <laughs> at the real two grumpy men. You know, I got a podcast. Um, me and me and my brother Bobby May, we do a podcast 
on um Spreaker and, and um Apple Podcasts. It's it's all it's on every major platform. It's called the Two Grumpy Men. So basically, you know, we discuss every topic that's available, you know, um <laughs> we go in, you know, but you know what? You know, I guess we came up with that idea the two grumpy men because, you know, black men we supposed to be angry, you know, but it ain't like that. You know, we just, you know, we have stuff on our chest, you know, we get it off. We get bombarded like daily. So, you know, that's where we came up with the concept for the show. But as we started growing, you know, we started thinking about, you know, law, history, political science and things like that. And like, yo, the youth, it's on us now. Like we got to show them the way. So we said the only way that we could really teach them, because, you, you know, you can't preach to them. You can't. We didn't want to be preached to. You know, but yeah, people pulled us aside. We call them the uh, the OGs and whatever. They pull us to the side and they, you know, they give us the game. But this is different now. You know, it's a visual world. You online. So, you know, we started doing ebooks. You know, it's all history based. We got history. Uh, we got uh, social sciences. We got uh, health yes. and wellness. You know, we got the spiritual yes. stuff. And we, we you know, we don't put everything up all at once. Like on the website, uh, twogrumpymen.com. You know, we have mostly um, we got about 85, 90 ebooks, but, you know, I'm just going to add them, you know, like maybe 10, 15 a month because I got about 500 of them, you know, just Great. to just so somebody could. And they're not expensive. They all three dollars. Like, you know, the, the, that's it. You know, ebooks is three dollars. And then we decided to start selling apparel, you know, with historical names on it, you know, and, and we haven't released all of that line. You know, right now we've been pushing. um Dred Scott, you know, 1857, Emmett Till, 1955. We got a Larry Davis, 1986, you know, so, you know, we got, obviously, you know, we got, you know, Masonic hat, you know, we got the, the Moors seven, the five percenter seven. Um, we got our, our regular logo. We got a chess, uh, chess mate hat, you know, it's by checkmate, you know, we got the three, the three colored browns and you know you got the cream king laying down so you know it's subliminal but it's actual it's real like in reality oh we also talk about you know the the narrative is kind of false like you would have people would have you think that you know it was just black people that were slaves when in reality there's always been white slaves white cargo things like that so you know in reality you know, the reason that we going through so much today as I kept reading, I kept figuring it out. Yo, the Moors, you know, <laughs> when they was ruling the world, yo, they was, you know, we were vicious. You know what I mean? Like we we put the hammer down. So the people that came out the caves, you know, and they was like, you know what? This is our time. We trying to rule. You know, they went on the color thing because, you know, race didn't really come into play until the 1500s. You know, that's that's kind of new. You know with the race thing so we try to teach through the apparel basically you know so that's that we've been doing it about a year now but you know we growing and uh you know pe as people see the different apparel they're like yo i need that i want to get that you know they hit us up and you know we we take care of them you know we got some other names that's gonna come out there you know we're gonna have some something for the for the women you know we got ida b wells and you know things like that yeah because you know they it's out there it's more than what you're not going to see, I'm going to tell you what you haven't seen and what you probably won't see. You you won't need to see Martin Luther King Jr. because everybody know who that is. Yeah. Everybody should know who Marcus Garvey is, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks. Like, we got beaten ahead with those names. So, of course, we know who they are. But 
those other names, you know, the, the Sam Cooks and uh, Peter Tosh, you know, like, you know, um, Noble Drew Ali. Like, there's people that just don't know who these people are. So, and it was bugged out to me. I go, wow, like, they don't know. And, you know, people always pull your coattail. Like, yo, just because you know something don't mean that somebody else knows it. Even if you think it's general knowledge, it's not. So we just, we, you know, we at the age now, we seeing a revolution. This is our, basically our second, third time around seeing the same thing. So that's what made us come up with two grumpy men. And, you know, we have our little forums that we do health and education. Um, relationships is big. You know, that's, we had the ladies on, man. They, they, they was, man, I, I give it to you. Yo, we had some strong ladies on. I say strong. I mean, they, they got their mind right. And they was hammering us. They was letting us know like, well, this is why we feel the way that we do. And they was very articulate about it. And, you know, we, you know, we brought some brothers on, but, you hey, know, I got to you gotta get cousin, another panel. My cousin, for that. Just, my cousin just said, if you got an Amos Wilson, he going to cop one, you know. Amos Wilson. I'll make yeah. an Amos Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the names that, <laughs> I, you know, these are names that's on the paper. Like, I got it written down. You know, like, I do have about 50, 60 names that's written. So, Amos Wilson, I, you know what? Just because it's your cuz, you know, I'll, I'll get that up there. I just got to put it together. I'll put it on the website. Believe me, you know, we update it all the time. And, you know, the cap. They they all they all thirty five dollars. The same thing is, you know, you buy a Yankee hat or any other hat. You know, they all they all thirty five dollars. And you they're know, good hats. I got one. They're good hats. I appreciate that, brother. We try oh, to get the best yeah. quality. You know, uh, right now the the best quality hat you know is New Era. So mm -hmm. we we just went to the top. You said, you know, we gonna sell something. We gonna make sure that it's something that lasts. And um, with the t shirts, we do embroidery. You know, we haven't. You know, but you know, we, we, we haven't really pushed the T-shirts, but it's a lot when it's a small company. You'd be surprised, man. You know, people could, could hit you up 50, 60 orders in a day. You'd be like, yo, okay, hold up. You know, I need to process this. And what made me think of that, like taking it slow, like put what you have on a website. This is for anybody that's doing business. Yo, the if you have a quick growth, it could knock you out the box. You know, I've seen that with the brother uh uh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. You know, when he passed, then his family, because they were small, you know, marathon clothing, and you know, they got like two million dollars oh. in orders. And yeah. they, they had to shut down, like, you know, Good not shut down. you know, they had to do it, like they had to process all that stuff. It took like three, four months. So it's a good thing, but it could shut you down. So yeah. you know, you make it slow, you know. But that's 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 what we do. I'm just one half of you know, two grumpy men. I write I I, I got my third book coming out. I make sure that. It's called pushback. I'll make sure that you know y'all get a copy, autograph, and you know, I, I you know, I'll reach out to y'all. I'll make sure that I get that, you know. Salute, definitely, Salute definitely. You, definitely. Woo! You yo, definitely make sure a brother knows when the next um podcast is, man. I like to jump up on that. Definitely. No, no doubt. Cause uh when, when we put the series together, we usually do that on Saturdays, but for you know, for a live taping or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm but I'll, I'll I'll start posting it, you know, like when we have that. You know, I'll I'll do that. Yeah, because I yeah. follow you on the regular, man. That's why I brought you up in the beginning. So, and, and I like what you brothers got going on. So, you know, I didn't mean to step out of pocket with it or out of line, but I, I had to tell his brother. I had to say no. hello. And, and saying hello to him live is cool for me because I've been following this brother for over a year. I, you know what? You know it's crazy? I follow people, right? And I go on their posts. I check it out. But, you know, you don't – I mean – 
you know somebody through a, what's the word they said degrees of separation so i'm like yeah yeah he cool so that's how we end up you know following each other and then once you start having communication with the person like yeah right, these is like minds you're like yeah we got to keep building with that even sure. if even if it's offline and like just you start building you know they even on, on platforms like this this yes, is sir. a build you know for, for us but you know for the people that we reach we, we don't we don't know how how the things that we say affect other people but i know that it helps it's definitely not a negative i mean no, that's sure. for sure. now i appreciate it you know y'all um bringing me on and uh you know appreciate we can do it again too, man. Man. Yo, sure. i appreciate y'all man for real definitely, you know? definitely. Yeah, same, same. hey you guys take care man uh for everybody that, that that joined in to watch the show tonight we appreciate you guys you know and uh have a blessed week and y'all stay up peace, peace for the poetry